Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Hallelujah. We want to minister to you this morning. If you're suffering with sickness, disease of any kind, if you're in pain or discomfort, we invite you right now just to believe you receive healing. We're going to pray in just a moment and trust God that His healing virtue will flow into your body right now. If other situations, circumstances, I know with jobs, with businesses, we'll pray over that. And then as we wind it up, Pastor Leah is going to pray over you that may be suffering with fear or anxiety trying to get on you. It's not going to get on you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Father, right now, we send our faith through the technology of our day. Men and women are sitting in their homes or live streaming this service. But Father, in the spirit realm, there's no distance, there's no time. Lord, you said you sent your word. It fell upon Israel and it healed them. And we thank you that word is still falling on the earth today through Jesus Christ. So Lord, we speak to sickness, disease, infirmity, pain, discomfort. Right now, in the name of Jesus, that which is attacking God's people, those that are watching this broadcast, right now I rebuke every symptom of sickness, of disease, of injury of any kind. Father, those that have been standing in faith, fighting their fight of faith, believing they receive from these conditions that get into our bodies, arthritis, diabetes, other diseases like that, in the name of Jesus, we say, you are the healed of God. Seasonal allergies, the flu, this current virus, we continue to say, no, in the name of Jesus, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost and not the habitation of some disease. In the name of Jesus, the physical oppression of the devil, we break in Jesus' name and send God's healing virtue into every body that needs it this morning. Lord, you see all the different situations. There are businesses, there are jobs, there are questions of financial streams, flow and income. But we thank you, Heavenly Father. You are the God of abundance. You're Jehovah Jireh, our provider. I thank you that everything that's happening, according to Romans chapter 8, we are those that pray in the Holy Ghost. So all things are working together for our good. There is a designed outcome of blessing and increase that is for us and we are receiving in Jesus' name. I pray over every marriage that it be strong. I pray over children in the name of Jesus that they be protected and safe. I pray over those, uh, Father, our singles, our adults. Uh, Father, I thank you that no loneliness, I bind loneliness. Jesus said he never leaves nor forsakes. I thank you right now that they're not excluded, but included. And Father, our entire church, thank you, Father, that there's a unity of the Spirit and a bond of peace taking place right now. A corporate spirit of faith that's ministering to every individual. Praise God. Now listen, if you've been suffering, you know, there's a lot of information flowing that, that, that listen, it carries with it fear. And so, Pastor Lee, I know uh, we've been married, it'll be 34 years this coming August. But when we were first married, she fought a mighty battle with fear. 
and overcame, just like the Word says. So I'm going to have her pray over you that are maybe suffering with fear and anxiety right now. Go ahead, Pastor Lee. So if you're suffering with fear, if you're fearful right now, you don't need to be fearful. Amen. God has us in the palm of His hand. The Bible says to cast all of your cares, not to have anxiety or worry, but He cares for you, cares about you watchfully. So we right now, we want to speak to that fear yes. in the name of Jesus. We curse you. We command you to go. You cannot take up residence in their body. You cannot attack their mind or their emotions in any way anymore. You have to go. Father, we thank you that they are strong in the Lord, that they worship you, they honor you, they magnify your name, that your word works for them. We thank you, Father, that we cannot be afraid of the things that go on around us. We do not have to because we know that you care for us. You hold us in your hand. We thank you that we have faith in you, faith in your word. We have assurance in your word that your word works for us. We know that it works for us and we rest in that. Now we thank you right now that we can rejoice in what's going Amen. on. We can lift up our praise. We can lift up our voice and thank you because you are Lord and you are still on the throne. In Jesus' name, we thank you that that fear is gone. Amen. James chapter 1 says, Count it all joy yes. when you fall into diverse temptations. Listen, one of the greatest temptations the adversary brings against God's people is the temptation to just give up. You say, Pastor, I tell you, I feel like just giving up. Well, what are you giving up on? Uh, certainly you have no faith in this world system. You see it failing. They're reporting it every day. The, the, the health failures, the economic failures. There's one that never fails, and that is Jesus. And listen, because of that, all we know that's going on for us or in us is a trying of our faith. The Bible says to count that joy. It's more precious than gold. Listen, we are having an opportunity as a church and as believers, as the children of God, to prove that God is righteous, that He's true, that He's merciful, that He's compassionate, and that there's a great grace on us as a church. Listen, we're not worried about our bills. Listen, the first of the month's coming up. We're going to make payroll. We're going to pay our bills. We're going to do it. You say, well, what if we run out of money? We don't live on the what-ifs. We live on the it is written of God. And if you'll just make a decision to do that, I guarantee you fear won't get a hold on you. And you'll have faith in God. Amen. The Lord is good. We love you. Prepare right now and we'll study the Word of God together. Uh, in your Bibles today, I invite you to turn to the Gospel of John chapter 20. I'm going to ask Leah to be my scripture reader today. She does so well in her reading of the scripture and expounding upon it. You know, I've got certain messages over the years that uh, I've developed that God has actually given me. I need to do a, a series on my classics, I guess I would call them. John chapter 20 being one of them. And, uh, you know, every one of these messages the Lord has given me, I'm sure there are other men that have preached it, uh, have revelation on it, but as far as I was concerned, I'd never heard it before. And just by the Spirit of God, God gave me revelation. John chapter 20 being one, I got one out of Luke chapter 1 on nothing is impossible with God. Romans chapter 5 uh, to joy and tribulation. And, you know, we could just go down through several. I've got about eight or ten that are my classic messages, and this is one of them. And this is basically, if I were to title this message, it would be how to overcome discouragement. Because the, the, the hour in which we live, if you're not careful, it can afford you great discouragement. 
I mean, it can literally, uh, you know, if you sit there and just allow yourself to be saturated with the news of the hour, and not only do we have that which, you know, the, 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 the local news and the national news is saying, and, you know, you've got the, uh, the view of the, uh, both political parties of what, what's happening, how it's happening. You've got the, you know, other uh, uh, further to the right, further to the left, all kinds of informations. And, and if all you do is sit and just, and just expose yourself to that, you're going to end up discouraged. Because let me tell you, they're not telling you any good news. Their, their, their news is designed to discourage. But here's the good news. God's Word is designed to encourage you. And there was a time, oh, I'd been maybe four or five years in ministry. And I was laboring very, very hard in ministry. I was doing everything I could do to, to preach and teach. I was teaching in a Bible school full time at, at that time. I was also traveling quite a lot. And I just did not feel like in my own heart. That, that there was the return uh, that I was seeing in the lives of other people uh, that was in my life. And so the first thing I did was to begin to check up on me, to make sure that, you know, I was first of all right with God, then I was right with man, and then I, I made sure I was doing the right thing God had told me to do. That, that took about a month to get all that worked out in my heart. And then once I, once I came uh, uh, to the conclusion that I, you know, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't sideways with God or anybody that I knew of and uh, you know, was working as hard as I could, praying, studying the Word of God, uh, uh, I just was, you know, I was like, well, Lord, then why am I not seeing the success uh, that I'm seeing? At that time, uh, many of the churches we were preaching in were, were exploding. Uh, they were going from churches of 50, 75 to churches of five or 600 people. And it seems like they were doing it in a two or three year, uh, two or three, uh, year period of time. And then other churches were growing much larger than that with, with thousands of members. And I was like, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, I'm doing all of this. And it just seems like these churches are exploding. But we, seem, we still seem to struggle in certain areas. And I've got good news. God, God caught us up with all of that and blessed our ministry greatly. But at that time, it was a source of great discouragement for me. And the Lord actually spoke to me in prayer one day and said, go to John chapter 20. He actually said it to, to me like this. I want you to live in John chapter 20 for a while. And, and, I, and so I got into John chapter 20. And when I did, I knew that those first uh, 19 verses were the verses that I needed to not only destroy the current discouragement of the day, but to kind of, what, for lack of a better term, to kind of vaccinate or inoculate me so that I would not really be subject to discouragement again. That doesn't mean I hadn't been tempted to be discouraged, but the, but the true force of discouragement that tries to get into you, I, I just hadn't experienced since the Lord gave me this because when I saw this in its revelation form, it literally just set me free from all the discouragement the enemy was trying to attack me with. And you must understand this, church, that's, that's what it is. That's what discouragement is. Even though we may open a door by exposing ourselves to too much media, uh, too, much, too much conversation with people that really don't serve the Lord the way we do, or whatever it may be, it is an attack of the enemy. He comes in through those open doors. He comes in through the, you know, the cracks in the windows and the doors. And he comes in and he begins to bring you down. And if you let it, listen, discouragement is the open door to depression. If the enemy can discourage you, he will get you into depression. So we're going to go through this story this morning. We'll take our time. We'll try to make it relevant to what we're going through today. We'll trust the Holy Ghost to help us do that. And I trust the Lord this morning that first of all, this is going to take and just seal up all the cracks, shut all the doors and windows, 
and turn on the alarm system in the heart of every person that's watching today when it comes to the subject of discouragement. And in so doing, it's going to cause the blessings of God to begin to flow. I just see it like a big wave that's walling up, fixing to crest and break over and hit us. And I guarantee you, God's fixing to break something loose phenomenal in our lives and in the ministries of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 20 this morning, I'm going to ask Pastor Leah to read these verses. We've kind of worked it out how we're going to do it. And I'll come back and expound on each and every one. Pastor Leah, if you will, read for us. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been removed from, lifted out of the groove across the entrance of the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciples, whom Jesus tenderly loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they had laid him. You know, one of the first things the Lord showed me about this is that Mary Magdalene was a woman who just kept coming. There was a persistency about her that could not be denied. There was an intensity in her. Now, if you go back and you study the history of who she was, there are certain Bible commentators that uh, it, goes, it runs the gamut from just a, this, this raggedy old street person that just possessed by seven devils to actually someone who was in the business of prostitution and actually ran like a, a house of prostitution and was bound by that sin and iniquity. But here's the good thing. She found Jesus. Jesus found her and delivered her of seven devils. Could you imagine being delivered of seven demons? What that must have been like for the bondage of being possessed of seven different wicked entities of that leaving your life and now you're following Jesus everywhere he goes. Now I begin to think about and meditate on, on what, what was that like for her? What was that like to, to, to be there when the 5,000 5, were fed? Uh, you know, Jesus fed the multitudes two different times. Uh, to be there when the, when, the, when the blind men would cry out, my, my eyes are open, my eyes are open, uh, to hear the lepers uh, 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 claim, we're cleansed, we're cleansed, we're cleansed, to hear the ecstatic uh, voices of men and women that were touched by the power of God. Listen, she lived in perpetual revival as she followed the Lord Jesus Christ. There were, there, there were times when the multitudes covered the hills as Jesus got up and preached and ministered unto them and then healed their sick and delivered them from the power of the devil. Then I can imagine, you know, as you meditate on the Word of God, the Spirit of God has a way of amplifying and painting the picture of what going, is going on. And I can see the, uh, the, the, the dark of the night and Jesus sitting with the disciples among the trees and, you know, a flickering fire and Jesus ministering to them, maybe not talking as loud as He usually does. And Mary, maybe behind a tree, just straining to hear every word that Jesus said because she she knew that in his words was life and light. You can imagine that her, her years that she spent with Jesus must have just been ecstasy. But then in a day, in one day, in one day, she saw them take, not her favorite preacher, we'll show you that in a minute, not her favorite preacher, but her Lord, her Lord and her God. She saw them take him. She heard the crowd cry, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. She heard, uh, she heard the Roman soldiers as they, as they spat on him and mocked him. She saw the crown of thorns go up on his head. She saw him drag that cross down to Golgotha's hill. She saw his arms stretched. She saw his back beaten. She saw his legs stretched and nails put into his hands and feet. She saw the spear thrust into his side. She heard the voice of her Lord cry out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 
And in one day's time, the ecstasy of perpetual revival in her life went to a sealed tomb and a dead body in a sealed tomb. But you know what, what, what? The Bible says it was dark when she went. It says the first day of the week, cometh Mary Magdalene, when it was still dark, came to the sepulcher. But here's what's unique. She saw an empty tomb. She, see, she saw the tomb. The stone was rolled away and the tomb was empty. Now this is what impressed me way back then when the Lord gave this to me. She was an observer of a miracle but did not realize it's a miracle. When I was studying and meditating on that yesterday afternoon, I was up here at the office and kind of going through scriptures. Lee and I were talking. She had left for a little bit and I was thinking about that. And I thought, you know, are, are we witnessing a miracle? Here we are today and the auditorium is empty. And, and I know you're receiving the word over the live stream this morning. But can we be witnessing a miracle and not know it? See, she didn't know that the miracle of resurrection had taken place. But the empty tomb was the testimony that Jesus was risen from the dead, that Jesus was King of kings and Lord of lords, and that He was seated at the right hand of the Father. But listen, even though it looked like everything that she held so dear to her life was done and over with, she just kept coming. Listen, in your life, no matter what direction this current drama takes us, keep coming to the Word. Keep coming to the Lord in prayer. I exhort you, keep turning on that live stream. Keep going every day and listening to those uh, 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 recordings that we're sending out to you, podcasts, whatever they are. Go back and listen. You say, Pastor, what if they, they locked us down in our homes? And what if you couldn't go and make these videos and live streams and send them to us anymore? Then go back. You've got them on your phone. You've got them on your computer. Listen to them over and over and over. Keep feeding on them. There's life in the Word of God. I tell you, these broadcasts will carry the anointing. You may hear something you didn't hear the first time. You may, not, you may hear it the second or third time. No matter what happens, you're equipped. God has equipped. And just like you got all the food you need, you've got all the spiritual food you need right there on your phone and right there on your computer. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. And listen, when those doors open, then you come. And I guarantee you, when we come, we're going to be so appreciative of that which God has given us. We're going to so much more value the Word of God and our assembling ourselves together. We might just have a week revival just to celebrate us being to come back together again in Jesus' name. So she was a comer and she was a runner. She was still active in what God was doing even though she saw an empty tomb, did not know what it was. She took off running. Listen, comers and runners, I like those kind of people. Those kind of people, you can't discourage them. You can't get them down and out. And even if the enemy tries to discourage them, in the midst of their discouragement, don't quit. That's why God gave me this message. In the midst of my discouragement, I just wouldn't quit. I just kept seeking for an answer. Amen. What's our next verse, sweetie? Three through ten. Three to three to ten. Read that for us. Upon this, Peter and the other disciples came out, and they went towards the tomb. And they came running together, but the other disciples outran Peter and arrived at the tomb first. And stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not enter. Then Simon Peter came up, following him, and went into the tomb and saw the linen clothes lying there. But the burial napkin, the kerchief, which had been around Jesus' head, was not lying with the other linen clothes, but was still rolled up, wrapped round and round, in a place by itself. Then the other disciples, who had reached the tomb first, went in too, and saw, and was convinced, and believed. For they yet 
did not know, understand the statement of Scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went back again to their homes or their lodging places. So here goes Mary, and she takes off. She knows that these men that followed Jesus, you know, they were, they were specially chosen men, disciples. So she takes off with the news of the empty tomb. And, and, and they came back with her, uh, running back to witness this, whatever this event was. But you know, it's amazing. The Bible says they didn't know the Scripture. They didn't under, you know, how could they have spent all that time with Jesus and still did not know what had happened? He told them several times and in different illustrations that he was going to die, that he was going to spend three days and three nights in the bowels of this earth, that he was going to rise from the dead, and that he was going to overcome everything the enemy had ever tried to bind this world with. Now, they, they for some reason, didn't realize it. She went to them. I'm sure, number one, she wanted an answer. What does this mean? What does this empty tomb mean? Did the Roman soldiers violate the body somehow? Did the, did the Sanhedrin come and steal his body? What has happened? I mean, there are times, listen, we can go to the preachers, we can go look at the live streams, we can go look at the podcast, we can get our old uh, CDs and our old uh, cassette tapes and listen to old messages. Listen, there are times though in our lives as believers that we just need to go straight to the source, straight to the Word of God, because it's in that Word that our encouragement is and our answer is. Now, now, Pastor Lee, I want you to read, first of all, just verse 11 real quick. I know you've got several verses there, but just verse 11, then I'll come and let you read it again. But Mary remained standing outside the tomb, sobbing. Now, this, you know, verse 10 says, The disciples went away again unto their own home. Now, this obviously added to Mary's discouragement. Because now we see in verse 11, it's, King James says, Mary stood without at the sepulcher. She's weeping. Her emotions are getting the best of her. But the thing is, she's still at the tomb. She's still there. She hadn't left. The disciples left. Listen, your actions say a whole lot about you. Faith is not just what we confess. Faith is what we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, and act upon. Many times it's that, many times it's that act of faith that you perform that activates the spirit realm and releases the supernatural in your life. Listen, she was a comer, she was a runner, uh, she did all she knew to do to run back and find the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. They came in and witnessed the same thing. Listen, there's the grave clothes and they're empty. Uh, there's the napkin that they traditionally put on the face and it's folded in a place by itself and set over on a little ledge or something. And listen, they view it, they look around, they look at each other. I can see the, the puzzled look on their face. They kind of shrug their shoulders. What do you think? I don't know. And so they turned around and just walked off. I don't know, I, 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 I like the spirit of Mary. She stood there, and then I can imagine all of the emotion of the last three days hit her. The crucifixion, the cruel, unjust court trial, the, the torture. Uh, could you imagine how horrible that must have been for her? And then the three days and three nights of just total uncertainty. What's going to happen to me now? What's going to go on? And you know, you know the devil. You know you've been under his attacks before. He was attacking her mind. You're going to have to go back into that wicked lifestyle you were in while you just got caught up in some sensational thing. I guarantee you the enemy was in her mind trying to discourage her. There she is. She's standing right there at that tomb and she's weeping, but she's still there. Listen, we've said this for years. 
Everywhere we've taught this message, all over the world. We've said, listen, if you've got to come to church and sit on the back row in your, in your bathrobe and your fuzzy slippers and just sit there and cry the whole service, that's all right with us. Just keep coming to the place where you know Jesus is. Yes. And if you think, well, I don't think he's... It's empty right now. There's nobody at the altar. I'm here by myself. It doesn't matter. Don't quit. Don't give up. You're fixing to have an encounter with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, Pastor Leah, read, read 11, through, uh, 11 through 13 there. Th th these are glorious scriptures. But Mary remained standing outside the tomb sobbing. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said to her, Woman, why are you sobbing? She told them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. See, I told you. Wasn't her favorite preacher. It was her Lord. Now listen, this is, this is so amazing. And this is where we need to be right now. You say, Pastor, I'm kind of like Mary right now. I'm just kind of sitting here by the, by the phone, by the computer, uh, by my TV. And I, I'm just kind of weeping because all this craziness that's going on. Listen, the first thing that happened is she looked again. She looked a second time. Let me just say this to you. There is a... Another way to look at what's going on. There is a now you can look on the surface and see the coronavirus and the economic disaster and the, uh, the the depression and the recession and this and that and maybe you're not at your job like you should be. The routine of life has been up interrupted. Your children are at home. The pressure of this is listen. You need to take a second look. Yes. There's something going on in the unseen. There are things, listen, there are things, Pastor Lee and I know, we can't minister to you, we can't say to you right now. There are things that are happening. We're, we're talking with our, with our friends, our, our ministry friends, men and women that have prayed and interceded, men and women that we're close to that are, listen, that are true intercessors in the body of Christ. And we're saying, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? We are seeing into the spirit realm. That second look opened another set of eyes. Listen, begin to look scripturally. Begin to look. As you pray and intercede in the Spirit, take some time to get still and let the Spirit of God give you a true picture of what's going on. Because there is the picture the world is painting, the news media is painting, but there's also that which God is doing and it's glorious in His working. Now the first thing she saw was the angelic realm. As she looked into the tomb, she seeth two angels clothed in white. Now listen, just because we're not meeting in the auditorium right now, just because the, uh, all the churches in our nation are not meeting in their building. Listen, that doesn't mean all the angels have gone on vacation. I tell you, the angels have not gone on vacation. The angels are busier now than they've ever been. They're protecting us. They're bringing things into our lives. They're, they're implementing. The Bible says there are servants given unto us that are the servants of God, that are the children of God. Listen, this is a time in which the spirit realm is so active. Sure, there's the demonic. Sure, there's that which the enemy is doing. But I'm telling you, the prayers of the saints, the acts of faith, the word of God in manifestation, take a second look. There is something going on. We're still here. We still love you. We're still coming to you by, by, by internet. We were prepared for this. Uh, we're moving forward. Uh, things are going on out on the, out on the land. We're, we just, uh, this past week, Pastor Leah and the, and the administration sent out all the missions checks. We're giving. Glory to God. We're not shut down. We're rising up. Take a second look. She saith two angels in white. Now they, they, they ask her a question. They knew what happened. They saw the glorious resurrection. 
They saw Jesus spoil principalities and powers. He made a show of them. They knew he was risen from the dead. They knew she, didn't get, she don't have any reason to weep. So they ask her the question, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? But now listen to what she says. It says, uh, they said unto her, woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, because they've taken away my Lord, and I know not where they've laid him. Now listen, literally right in this particular scripture, what is that, verse 12? 13. In verse 12, now verse 13, excuse me, her heart begins to get revealed. She is literally saying, I'm going to follow this guy even if the only thing left for me is a dead body in a tomb. I'm going to follow this guy. It doesn't matter. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. It does not matter what circumstances are telling me. I will serve Him if I've got to come and stand outside this tomb every day to worship Jesus. That's what I'm going to do. That's what she's saying right there. Listen, there should be a resolve in us that if all Christianity and all Christians get locked into a single room, you're going to make a decision. I'm going to stand in that single room and I'm going to worship God and I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to shout for the Lord and I'm not going to let them suppress my praise, my worship, or my love for my Savior. Amen. God has been that good to you. He loves you and cares for you. And He's going to bring you through this and get you out of the discouragement in Jesus' name. Now, uh, read the next, verse 14 and 15. On saying this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know or recognize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying so? For whom are you looking? Supposing that he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you've carried him away from here, tell me where you have put him, and I will take him away. Man, listen to her heart. Do we have that heart? Do we have a heart that, 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 that is that strong? I endeavor to build a heart in me in my lifetime that, that, that is that strong toward God. She, she's standing there. See, she sees Jesus. Now, number one, this is amazing. You say, Pastor, how could she not recognize? Was it not the same Jesus? No, it wasn't. He went into the tomb, Son of Man, but He came out of the tomb, the glorious Son of Almighty God, the firstborn from the dead, the risen from the dead. Listen, she's looking, but she's not seeing who He was. She's seeing who He is, and he didn't know, she didn't know who He is. She knew who He was. That's why you must understand, your revelation of Jesus is progressive. Thank God for what we see in the Bible. Thank God for what we see in the letters to the church. But listen, every day, Jesus should be getting bigger and bigger and bigger on the inside of you. And again, her servant's heart is reinforced. If you've, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've taken him. I'll go there. Anywhere he is, I will be. Boy, what a word. Anywhere He is, I will be. You ought to make a decision in your own life. Anywhere Jesus is, I will be. He's in the church. Well, we can't meet right now. Well, He's coming across our live streams. He's here in the form of a message to encourage and to bless you and to cause breakthrough in your life. Now, now this next scripture, uh, let me find it here. 16. Verse 16 and 17. Read those, uh, sweetie. Jesus said to her, Mary, turning around, she said to Him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher or master. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, do not hold me, for I, I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father and to my God and to your God. Away, Mary Magdalene, bringing the disciples' news, 
word that she had seen the Lord and that he said these things to her. This, this, is, this, is, this is the scripture right here that when I was studying this years ago, it's probably been 30 years ago, when I got to this scripture, the anointing of God came on me and set me free from discouragement. When he said, touch me not for I'm not yet ascended. See, I, I, was a, I had been just a student of redemption. I would poured my life into the study of redemption. And I realized when she said, touch me not, I'm not yet ascended, that Jesus had not completed the redemptive act. Mm -hmm. Now the redemptive act, you say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, the act began when God began to speak the word way back in Genesis 3.15. That was the beginning of the act. Then God spoke the word, spoke the word, spoke the word. Israel became the container of the word. He began to raise different ones up that were part of that, that lineage in which the Messiah would come out of. Then one day the word was made flesh in the womb of his mother, Mary. And then Jesus was born onto the earth. And he lived that sinless life. He was anointed by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, Acts 10, 38. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Then we knew that, that the redemptive act began with him praying in that garden. With that Passover, that, that last supper that took place. It began with him, him, him being crucified and, and dying and going into the grave. And then it continued with him raising from the dead. And it was supposed to on schedule continue with him raising from the dead and ascending to the Father and pouring his blood on the mercy seat. That's why he said, don't touch me. Because see, they were still under that old covenant. The new covenant had not been brought into power yet. So if Mary would have reached out and touched him, she would have fell over dead. The blood had not been put upon the mercy seat yet. But this is the amazing reality. In all that was going on, how important is redemption to God? It, it's, it, I've always seen redemption being stronger than creation. Creation fell, redemption will never fail. Now listen, God knew it's time for this to happen. It's time for the sun to rise to heaven with that blood and pour it on that mercy seat. But he stopped. I like to say it like this. I can see it no other way. There was an interruption in redemption in order for Jesus to encourage one little woman that wouldn't quit. One little woman that wouldn't back off. One little, one little woman that would not stop. One little woman that sat there weeping, emotional. But he said, the father said, Jesus, hold on. Wait, you're fixing to come to heaven. You need to wait just a moment. Now, can you imagine? He's got, he's got the, the saints of God. He's preached to, to those in paradise. They're ready to go to heaven with him and make that great triumphal entry. But God interrupted it for one person that needed encouragement. Number one, that shows us the love of our Father. How big is the love of our Father? It's bigger. We can't measure it. We can't measure the breadth, length, depth, nor height of it. It's the, the Bible says it's the love that passes all knowledge. He loved so much. And I, I, I think he's just looking on the earth saying, who can I love? Who can I love? There's Mary. There's Mary. There's Mary. She's at the tomb. Look at her. Look at her coming when it's dark. She's coming. Look at her running. Look at her running. And then he said, I'm going to really give her a reason to run now. And this is one of the most amazing phenomena. The reward of her faithfulness. This is the last time we really see her. I'm sure she was active in the church of Jerusalem. A great soul winner in her day. I'm sure she was there in the upper room when they were filled with the Holy Ghost. But the thing that really sets her apart is this. Jesus said, go tell. You go tell. The first commission 
to go preach the gospel was not given to Peter, John, James, Matthew, or any of the disciples. It was given to Mary. And it was given to her because of her position. A place in which she would not give up or quit. A place in which she would not back off the things of God. A place in, in which in the natural it looked like with the tomb being empty, with everything being the way it was, everything she knew as the move of God was over. But then there was that encounter with the risen Christ. Her heart revealed for all of the world and all of eternity to see her heart. Wow! Could you imagine if your heart was so right toward God that God said, I want to document it and let all eternity know throughout the ages of time that your heart was the right heart. That's what He did for Mary. Commissioned her to go preach the gospel. What a message to women. I call it the message of two gardens. There was the garden in which the woman lost. The Garden of Eden, she lost everything that made her what God had created her to be. She lost her dignity. She lost her destiny. She lost her purity. And the devil down through the ages has done everything he could do to try to destroy what a woman is. But I tell you, in this garden, the garden of the empty tomb, Jesus restored the value. He restored the purity. He restored the destiny. He restored the vision of womanhood of being proclaimers and demonstrators of the gospel. Somebody said one time, I don't believe in woman preachers. Well, how are you going to stop them? I mean, they're going to preach. They're going to proclaim. You say, why? Because Mary was there when Jesus was risen from the dead. And Jesus said, you go tell them. I guarantee you her feet, this is the second time she ran back to him. I guarantee you her feet, I could see her even trip a couple of times. I could hear those feet slamming those stairs as she goes up those stairs, bursting through that door. I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. And even the doubt of the disciples could not dispel the joy of her heart for she had seen the Lord. Thank God for the resurrection. Thank God for Mary of Magdalene. And thank God for you this morning. If you've been suffering with discouragement, you say, Pastor, what really is discouragement? It is when your courage gets challenged. And instead of your courage rising up, the enemy begins to cause you to compromise. People that get discouraged, it's hard to pray. When you get discouraged, it's hard to study the Bible. Listen, there, there, there may be some of you out there this morning that here in the past few weeks or months you've been, been discouraged and you haven't been coming to church. Listen, get encouraged this morning. When our doors open again and we can gather as a congregation, run to this church. Come to this church as quick as you can and encourage yourself in the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, right now, I speak according to this wonderful anointing we sense. The anointing of God, the power that these words bring. I speak to the discouraged heart. I speak to those right now whom the weight of this situation here we are, fixing to enter into the third week. Lord, this is our second Sunday we've live-streamed. It'll be our third Wednesday we li we've live-streamed. Father, in the midst of this, I thank you. There is an encouragement from heaven itself by the power of God, by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I break discouragement off. Anyone right now, no matter what it may be, their job, their finances, health, Isolation. In the name of Jesus, let that encouraging Spirit of God manifest the very peace and presence of God in their life right now. Devil, you're not going to discourage us. You're not going to dissuade us. We're sitting so exposed.
expectant right now of that which God is manifesting in our midst. It's not so much what He's going to do. Oh, our hope is so big. Our faith is reaching into the future with great expectancy of the breakthroughs of God in our midst. But in the now, you said, Jesus, you're a very present help in time of need. Thank you, Father, for your encouragement in Jesus' name. Now, before we dismiss and pray a prayer of dismissal, don't forget this week to check in on our our live stream and our uh, Pastor Leah gave you all the announcements of what we're doing, our daily encouragements. Now listen, that, these are all fluid. We don't know what kind of change may take place, what may happen. We're flowing with this. Listen, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make it, we're going to get through it, and it's going to be a blessing. And don't forget to touch through. I've been, every day I've been texting someone, I've been trying to reach somebody, encourage people around me. I've had a couple of opportunities, actually I've had three opportunities now to, to uh, touch a stranger, somebody that I don't know. Uh, and listen, it's your opportunity. Listen, some of this, when we come back and begin to gather, we're not going to quit doing it, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep touching three, we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep putting out encouragements. We're just going to just ramp it up to another level. Believe in God. Every time you drive by that land, you stretch your hand. You thank you, Father. We believe we receive that building. In Jesus' name. Pray for that architect that's drawing. Pray for favor. Listen, this is our day. This is our hour. The devil's not going to defeat Jesus. He never has. He never will. He's always lost. And he's going to lose this time in Jesus' name. We love you. It's wonderful to come to you. Remember... Give yourself a hug. That's from us. That's from Pastor Leah and I. We love you in Jesus' name. Father, as this is the tradition of Island Church, we claim Psalms 91 over the entire church. We declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We thank you, Father, anyone, everyone, as we travel on the highways, the seaways, the airways, the railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we are protected. As we travel around in the community, as we go to the store, some that may still be working, as we work at the home, homeschooling, all that's going on. Thank you, Father. There's no terror, there's no trauma, there's no evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself, but we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thanking you, Heavenly Father, that you are our total provision of protection and blessing. Thank you for that door of utterance. Father, let every person see what we're seeing when it comes to that door of utterance. Never before have we had the opportunities to witness like we have today. Let our witness be strong. Let it be sure. Let us be bold. As it says in the Scriptures, with all boldness, let us speak your word. By stretching forth your hand to heal, let signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Father, we love you so much. We walk in faith and love toward you. We walk in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.